welcome back to Let's Talk Shop. You're listening to Season 5, Episode 3. And today I am joined by Sarah Ittleson, who is the Head of Strategic Partnership at FAIR.com, a curated wholesale marketplace connecting more than 170,000 local retailers with thousands of emerging and established brands. Sarah has a depth of experience in business development, product partnership, and strategic partnerships in hyper-growth marketplace businesses. Prior to joining FAIR, Sarah was in global business development at EBA. I love speaking to Sarah. It was so brilliant to hear things from someone at FAIR. I know all of you have constantly been asking lots of questions about it. I can see my Facebook group being filled with questions about third-party marketplace platforms for wholesale on a pretty much weekly basis now. And uh, it's something that everyone's wondering about. And I've also had a lot of questions about how one can be successful on these platforms. And I did go live in the Facebook group it's a free group it's called let's talk wholesale over on facebook with yana from the completest and she gave us so much information and tips from a brand's point of view and um i'm really excited to today bring you my chat with sarah about tips and what you can do to be successful on a platform like fair from the platform's point of view so really hope that you enjoy this episode today and if you do i'd love to see where you are tuning in you can tag me over on instagram i'm small underscore business underscore collaborative and here's my chat with Sarah from fair.com. Hello Sarah I am so happy to have you here on the podcast today. Welcome to Let's Talk Shop. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you it's great that we managed to do this so with you being over in the US and me being here in the UK so that's brilliant. Absolutely. I'm I'm having my coffee and hopefully you're winding down after this. <laughs> well, I'm going to go and see my friend's puppy. Even better. <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, well, it will have to be kind of like out in the garden because we're still in we're not supposed to go to people's houses. But well, the garden is perfect for a puppy visit. So that sounds like uh, <laughs> you found the right activity. It's going to be great. So I've, I have an exciting afternoon. I've been wanting to talk to you guys at FAIR for a while because I always get asked so much about the platform and, you know, what it is and how you can be successful on it and all these sort of things. So I'm hoping we can cover some of that today. Absolutely. But before we kind of get into it, could you tell us a little bit more about what you do at FAIR and maybe for if there's anyone that don't know what FAIR is? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so Sarah Idelson, I head partnerships at FAIR and that encompasses a lot of things, but, um, you know, we might touch on this, but we negotiate, you know, lower shipping rates with freight carriers. We integrate with other software systems to streamline business processes for our, our customers. So those things all kind of fall under the partnerships bucket at FAIR. I've been here about two years, but the company is a little over four years old. And we are an online B2B marketplace. We're currently serving over 170,000 retailers. And so we're a place where those retailers shop online to stock for their stores. Um, and they're doing so from 15,000 
really unique uh, brands that sell amazing goods across a bunch of categories, uh, including gift, home decor, women's apparel, beauty, jewelry, kids and babies, specialty food. So really diverse selection for those retailers and brands. That's amazing. And and I know quite a lot of UK brands are already involved and have been for a while selling in the US. But of course, now you also launched here in the UK. Yeah, exactly. We're really excited um, for the launch. It's been, the response has been really positive. In fact, we're surpassing our initial goals. And so really excited about the sort of the warmth of the reception. Um, and, you know, it I think it, it shows us that retailers in the UK are also excited to move their ordering online and and, you know, how eager folks are for the rebound in foot traffic that we're all expecting when stores reopen. I know it's going to be so, um, I missed it so much. How has it been over in the U.S.? Have stores been, I suppose it's been different in different states? It has. It's really varied. But I think something that has been consistent is just how, I would say, you know, creative and persistent, uh, you know, the local retail community has been during this time. It's been really just, you know, inspiring uh, to to see how the the retailers have responded, whether throughout those different stages of of various lockdowns and the like, just seen a lot of creativity and ingenuity and as well as, you know, the consumers wanting to really rally around their local businesses. And so, all those things together have really meant that they've managed to, in many cases, accelerate their business uh, despite a lot of uncertainty that they've been working through. Hasn't it been amazing to see? I think it's also been really good for, not really, it seems weird to say really good when we're in the mm-hmm. global <laughs> pandemic, but I think mm-hmm. it's been better for smaller businesses than larger retailers. I agree. I think they were able to move more quickly. Mm. And I think they also, I personally, I want to make sure that my local main street or high street is there and thriving, uh, you know, when when we kind of get back to the normal swing of things. And I think everybody has that sense of, of the value of their local community. And it's really just heightened the degree to which we want to make sure that those, you know, retailers in particular do well during this time. Yeah, absolutely. And have you seen that your, I mean, because you are a constantly growing platform since you're not that old but mm-hmm. have you seen that, that you've had even more buyers with the lack of sort of trade shows and that sort of thing find you I think that's definitely been the case I think they were trends that were already happening within b2b transactions over the years I think we had seen sort of uh you know the decline around those events and just the sense that hey the convenience that I have as a consumer why shouldn't that or wouldn't that exist for my b2b transactions and so I do think that this past year has formed some new you know habits and norms around wholesale purchasing that will certainly persist and and probably accelerate coming out of this time so that's been you know really interesting to observe And it certainly has meant that, you know, especially while those alternatives haven't been available, uh, we've seen lots of of retailers finding us on the platform, as well as lots of brands referring their retailers to shop them through FAIR. We have some benefits. We don't charge a commission when it's an existing retailer. So it's really just an easy way for those brands to maintain that relationship, cultivate that business, extend better terms to the retailer 
provide them a really easy way to shop their line during this time. And so those things together have really led to uh, a, a lot of growth and adoption of the platform. It was very timely, I think. It was where it was heading, but uh, yeah, super timely. And with the UK launch, how are you focusing on the UK first and then branching out to more of Europe, Europe or what's the plan there? Yeah, we've we've launched in uh, we've launched in the, the UK and we've also launched in the Netherlands. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we do have plans for other markets in in the coming months. So that's a that's a little stay tuned. It does mean that, you know, we hope for folks in the UK, we can both strengthen their business within the UK market, provide easy trade cross border within Europe, as well as access to this huge audience of North American customers that I was mentioning, 170,000. It's a, it's a really huge base of potential customers. So we're hoping to be able to deliver for those brands across all three of those dimensions. What do you do when you launch in a new market? How are you getting buyers to register? Because you have been registering UK brands and welcoming brands onto a platform from over here for a while. But how do you find buyers now? Yeah, yeah, no, you're exactly right. So we we already had, you know, hundreds of brands from the UK that we had selling on the platform previously. So the big change was sort of opening up the buyer side of the marketplace. Yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest growth drivers has been that program that I mentioned before. It's called Fair Direct, where we offer 0% commission for any existing retailers that they bring onto Fair. Mm -hmm. And so what we find is that for those brands, it's really fantastic that they can sort of streamline how they manage those accounts on our platform as well as extend things like the net 60 payment terms that they often otherwise couldn't extend. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, you know, it's better for the, the, the retailer. They get these better terms and, and really easy online ordering. It's better for the brand because they can manage all of these accounts in one really streamlined place. And then we're doing that at, at no fee uh, to the brand. So that's led to a lot of the brands inviting their existing retailers to the platform. And then I, the other thing would be we already had a lot of retailers who had heard about us um, yeah. over the years. And so we had been maintaining a pretty extensive wait list of UK-based retailers. So it was really exciting to be able to come back to them and say, the time has come. <laughs> we can welcome you. So, you know, the, those things have um, contributed and then the final thing I would say is I've really been students of the market and talking to a lot of small business owners and trying to understand what's top of mind. Obviously, there's been a lot of change, not just in global health, but also Brexit um, changing yeah. the ways that, that folks do trade. You've got a, a lot of things going on. Um, and so we really spent a lot of time thinking through how we should adapt our offerings to make it easier for brands to do business in sort of this post-Brexit world. And so we really made some changes in the product around, you know, country-specific pricing or product-level tariff codes, things that I'm, you know, yeah. only, only learning about. Um, I, and then what I mentioned at the top, you know, things like negotiating competitive international shipping rates that we can extend to our community. So I think the third thing is really just focusing on how in this very unique climate for for UK businesses in particular, 
can we tailor our product to really meet the needs of the moment? I think that's great. And I, I think, you know, certain things that a smaller supplier might not have had access to before is now available to them. How does it work in the UK now? Because, of course, some retailers will expect if it's a UK retailer, they will expect free shipping or if they spend a certain amount. So how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So we actually right now for a limited time are offering free shipping to European retailers. So that is certainly the case right now as we as we launch in the market that all the shipping will be will be covered. Steady state, uh, you know, what we find is we offer something called ship with fair to our smaller brands. Like you said, it's sort of, you know, the ability for us to negotiate something that they otherwise couldn't. So we're able to negotiate down those rates to be really competitive. Uh, and then in sort of the typical model, uh, those those shipping rates, you know, do apply to the order. Although one of the promotion types that we offer that's also very popular on the platform is free shipping that brands can extend. So um, there's a few different options there, but I think the most exciting is that uh, right now for anyone who's joining uh, this free shipping to European retailers is a is a really unique and generous offer. And our hope is that it's also a great window of time in which folks can get additional discovery by new customers where, you know, if shipping costs would be the thing that might hold them back, uh, we've removed that barrier. In addition to the net terms that remove some of the, the you know, add some, some protections, as well as the ability to do returns on your first order with a new brand. So you take those things in some and they really, really de-risk trying a new line in your store um, and and opening up a new customer for that brand. And when it's free shipping during this kind of launch phase, do you reimburse brands or do you send them shipping labels? How does it work? Yeah, on, on Ship With Fair, they're really sort of just shipping on our account. So we oh. we know the, the, the charge, they print out a prepaid shipping label and it's and it's really straightforward. Or if they do ship on their own, they they input the details of the order uh, and the the price. And then, yeah, we, we process that during the payment processing. Oh, that's really good. What kind of buyers do you attract? So is it mainly smaller, independent boutiques? Or do you also attract larger buyers? Yeah, it's really the smaller independent boutiques, you know, single store, maybe, you know, one to three. But really those local independent retailers are our, our, our core audience. When you curate and look for new brands, what are you looking for? What does your the buyers that are already buying on the platform, what do they want from a brand? Something that we love is just the, the, the diversity and uniqueness of products that you can find on FAIR. You know, truly yeah. both sides of the marketplace are entrepreneurs who are, you know, chasing a passion in the business that they founded. And so I love getting to know all of our brands because they all they all represent someone who had, you know, a unique point of view and something that they wanted to exist in the world that didn't and they went out and willed it into existence. <laughs> there's just something so inspiring about that. And so I you know, I think one piece of it is that our buyers really love to learn the brand story. And we've, we've uh, you know, gone to great lengths in the product to have that really come to life where you can learn a lot about the brand. They can add, you know, video content about their products. There's lots of opportunities for them to sort of bring that narrative to life. Um, also filters on different things like 
woman-owned business. If that's something that you are wanting to, you know, stock in your store, you can find brands that align with that value. And so I think that, you know, one of the things that is most important to our buyers is just being able to, you know, connect with those brands. And I think maybe a misnomer about, you know, sourcing online would be that you lose that connection. And I'd say it's it's very much the opposite where we've tried to really facilitate getting to know one another um, and have tools, not just to consume content about a brand, but then connect with them over email or, or messenger. So I'd say that is one of the overarching things that our retailers are looking for in suppliers. And then, and then there's definitely some basics of, you know, fantastic photography, you know, so that they can really get a sense for what the product looks like. We do folks who are an experienced wholesaler, you know, do, do well because they have, you know, kind of a well-run operation. Folks want to find the full catalog for a brand. So we always are encouraging folks to make sure that they have everything listed. We support products that are ready to sell now as well as pre-orders. And so just, you know, training your customer that everything that you have, as soon as it's available, the next new thing that you're offering is up on fair. Those sorts of things are sort of, you know, the baseline table stakes uh, that I think buyers are looking for as well. And I guess it's so nice. I mean, I think images are so important when you're shopping online. It's it's not the same as going to a physical trade show because you can't touch and feel. So you have to do the best you can. And I do, I think video and photography can make such a difference in that sense. Absolutely. And video is something that's relatively new and we also allow a lot of different product shots and the ability to zoom in on a, prod- a product. So there's lots of ways that you can sort of counteract that. In addition to, you know, just as we experience as consumers, you know, there's reviews on the site. So you can kind of hear from other retailers and see what they bought and hear what they had to say. So there's lots of ways to sort of validate. And then the ultimate safety net being that ability to, you know, return if it shows up and it just doesn't sell through in the way that they thought it would. Yeah, how does that work with the returns? Because it doesn't go back to the brand, does it? You're right, you're right. So it's returns are, uh, or a retailer can make a return on their first order with a new line. Um, So that's when they haven't had, you know, any uh, sort of opportunity to touch and feel from that brand before. And if they make a return, it comes back to us, um, where we sort of inspect it and and determine if it's, still in pristine condition to be able to be resold through some sales channels on our site or um, or if it can't be resold. So we take on that risk of the return. And then if it is in pristine condition, then uh, we do offer some sort of a, a sales space on our site, uh, which is another place where retailers can find and discover new products. Uh, and there they, they also get them at, at an added discount. Okay. And do you find that a lot of retailers utilize that or is it manageable with the returns? It's extremely manageable. It's it's very rarely used, which I think speaks to the fact that folks actually are very skilled at identifying things that will sell well in their store. So it really is just that additional safety net, maybe for someone who this is their first time stocking their store online. Yeah, Uh, I liken it to that. I never would have thought I'd buy a mattress online. And sure enough, I have not absolutely done that. And so I think especially for some of those buyers who are making this transition to sourcing their products online, uh, it's nice to know that it's there. 
but it is very infrequently utilized. That's probably quite reassuring for brands to know because yeah. I think they like knowing the kind of store that it goes into. So it's nice to hear that it's used respectfully. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they do always on our platform have the opportunity to uh, accept or deny an order. So all of their orders come in and then they have the opportunity to see who's buying their product and, and accept that order. So that ultimate decision, right, is always with the brand about where their product is sold. And and going back to like when, when brands, especially now when you're growing the UK market too, there might be brands that wouldn't have considered joining before that are now keen to join. So in terms of criteria of the brands, what, what do you ask for? How established do they have to be? Do they have to have stockists already? Do they have to have certain lead times? What what is there any set criteria? Those are things that you have to have to, to be accepted to sell on the platform? Yeah, there's definitely sort of those basics that anyone who has even limited experience doing wholesale, but that they would have sort of established. So they need wholesale pricing and, and you know, essentially a, a line sheet with, with all of that pricing. They need uh, product photography for all of their products, those sorts of things. And so what we find is that really the, the most important criteria is do they have some prior experience doing wholesale, where if you've never done wholesale before, then you maybe don't know your wholesale pricing or you yeah. haven't figured out what sort of case packs you should sell your product in, uh, that sort of thing. So for those folks, we wouldn't want to drop them into an ecosystem of, uh, you know, nearly 200,000 retailers um, yeah. before they've sort of got their mechanics in place. But once you have your mechanics in place, uh, then you're a great candidate to be on FAIR. And part of our aim is to really make it so that we are sort of leveling the playing field for the little guys where, you know, the, the traditional model we were talking about before, it's incredibly expensive and your fees are not necessarily aligned with sales, right? You have all this yeah. upfront cost of travel and a booth, et cetera. Whereas on the FAIR platform, you come on and uh, you know, you're only paying a commission if we're driving you new customer orders. And so I think that it really is provided you have some wholesale experience. It is a phenomenal place to take that emerging wholesale business and really grow it in a way that is very financially favorable absolutely i think you know back in the well still people would use the freelance agents and they took a commission too and you still had to do a lot of the credit control and things so mm -hmm. so this is a new way to do that i suppose mm -hmm. but you don't so with the, when it comes to like criteria and stuff you don't have you just have to have some experience it's not like you have to have loads of experience I think that's what makes some people nervous about applying so it's just nice to know that you don't have to be super established I suppose yeah yeah definitely another thing I've been asked a lot is a lot of the smaller brands here in the UK do they when they go on the platform would they automatically be selling to the US and other markets as well or can they decide when to start doing that and start with just the UK for example what is the um, options for them yeah it's a good question for all of our brands within their portal they have the ability to toggle on different geographies 
So they could say, you know, I want to sell in, you know, the UK, but not other parts of the EU, or I want to sell in other parts of the EU, but not in the US. So those are controls. Those are little dials that that all brands on the platform can set in their storefront. Oh, that's perfect. Because I, I suppose if you're very small, even if you have a little bit of experience, but someone like a ceramicist that had make everything, they might be a bit nervous about shipping that overseas to start off with. We we try and I guess you had touched on, I, I hadn't answered it, the, the question of lead times and things like that. We try and give the brand's as much control over how they, you know, sell and present on on the platform. So they get to say this, you know, these are my lead times. They get to say this is where I can be chopped on the fair platform. So we really try and let the brands be in the driver's seat. What can you do to be shown to more people? Like what, how much of control do you have of that? Yeah. So those things that you, you know, uh, sort of tell us things like lead time, then end up being something that, uh, you know, a retailer can essentially filter around, right? So am I planning for a holiday that is three months away? Or Am I low inventory and I need something that can ship right away? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so really, it's about sort of accurately representing your products and then our algorithms being able to then put that in front of someone who's looking for that um, and, and play that sort of ultimate matchmaking service and trying to get the, you know, the right product in front of the right retailer. And not just for that first sale, but for ongoing reorders. We want that to be a customer that you can cultivate over the long, long term. So those are, it's really similar to what you've experienced as a consumer where there's lots of different ways to browse. It's similar on FAIR where if I'm very specific to, I need something that can ship right away, I can filter accordingly. Or if I just want to browse, you know, (laughs) there's infinite ability to do so uh, on on the platform as well. I mean, there's so many products on the platform now. So I I bet for buyers, they need to filter to be able to narrow it down slightly for them. Our mobile app is really delightful to use. And I've had retailers say, I'm on the Fair app more than I am on Instagram, you know, just... (laughs) scrolling and, and browsing because it is uh you know there's there's tons of wonderful things to find and I think some of the the beauty is especially when you think about our the retailers we serve a single location being able to think about what you want to stock your store with while you're in the store walking around the store mm. pull out your phone say what what should I put on this wall let me get some inspiration you know it really is a powerful tool that much more of this time you know than I think the the prior ways that we would uh, source yeah and is there anything in particular that you find buyers are looking for? Are they Do they often filter by shorter lead times or made in the US or made in the UK or whatever the filters may be? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of popular ones. I think one of the most popular is not sold on Amazon. So folks looking for something that they're 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 confident wouldn't be found there. 
And then, yeah, there are things like women-owned or, or like you said, UK brands. So if they want to find something that is within their own market, those are all those are all popular. And then I guess in terms of categories, maybe a few I would highlight. Our apparel business has been growing at, at a, a really fast pace. And something that we're seeing is just the degree to which retailers who are don't identify as sort of a core apparel retailer are buying apparel goods. And so it really speaks to those generalized gift shops, but who have an apparel section, right? And so we're seeing just a, a lot of growth in that in that category and sort of shopping moving from being at exclusively apparel boutiques to these these more diverse product selection offerings at, at, at stores. That's in. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And then another category I'd highlight is food, where we're seeing a ton of innovation in, in food and beverage and a lot of enthusiasm around unique products there as well. And so it's been really exciting to see that category flourish and, and, and shops finding creative ways to take those unique products uh, that are, are coming out in food and and merchandise them in their stores. And there's so many, I, I suppose, lockdowns and COVID has probably sprouted a lot of them too. We wanted to treat ourselves when we couldn't go out and eat. Right, right. Things like posh mus- marshmallows and even like postable <laughs> donuts and stuff has been popular over here. <laughs> that sounds awfully good to me right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me too. Also, cookies and biscuits; those are also postable now. So, and brownies. There's been a lot, and cocktails as well. <laughs> so, how we talked a little bit about the criteria from like a brand point of view, but does the retailers that sign up also have to meet certain criteria, or do they go through like a, I guess, a vetting process in a way? Yeah, they go through a vetting process as well, and you know, uh, most importantly, we want want to ensure that they they are in fact a, a a retailer they have sort of the appropriate licensing and reseller certifications all of that mm. we do support both brick and mortar retailers as well as retailers who are online only and certainly over the course of the past year we just see even more you know omni channel where folks are playing across these all of these channels but i mentioned before how sort of brands ultimately get to choose which orders to accept and so Brands also have the option of if they only want to be shopped by brick and mortar stores, they can filter accordingly. Or if they're open to being sold by online only retailers as well, then they'll be visible for for those retailers. So we have a a really diverse set of, of retailers on the platform. Like I mentioned, it's across all of these categories but the the primary screening is you know that's most important is just making sure that they are absolutely a, a retailer that they have all of the licensing to qualify to do to do so and they also have to agree to important terms that we know are really important to our brands um, in terms of honoring their pricing and not selling on third-party reselling sites so we make sure that they're also making those commitments when they agree to to, to shop on fair I suppose that's important because I if, if a lot of people are searching not sold on Amazon, for example, some brands wouldn't want to sell to someone that also sells on. Exactly. 
exactly. Because mm-hmm. then they're breaking that commitment mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. Right, exactly. I think one of the things that is really powerful in terms of brands being able to get discovered by new retailers is the mm. fact that there is so much diversity in the types of retailers on our platform. So you may have had sort of a, you know, sales and go to market motion around a particular profile of store. And then in coming on fair, you find that there's another profile of store where you do actually exceptionally well. And we hear these stories all the time, you know, in fact, a a food brand (laughs) recently that kind of all of their existing wholesale operations were around getting into specialty food boutiques. And they came on fair and they found that sort of these kids and baby boutiques, they did really, really well. And it sort of (laughs) speaks to that, like, you know, cross pollination across categories where you go back and you go, actually, a really unique fun cookie, I can see how that would do incredibly well in a kids and babies store. And yet I also understand how it wouldn't really be super rational for a brand to do a whole sales and marketing motion around kids and babies, you know, but to be able to come on fair, discover that fit with that category, to be able to be discovered by more of those types of retailers. There's just this cross pollination across categories that really opens up, you know, new customer audiences for brands. And I love hearing stories like that. And actually, with that in mind, does that mean like can brands sit in several categories or can they only like do they have to choose one category and then it's up to the buyer to look for that other category? Yeah, they that made sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so they they essentially we have a a, a pretty complex taxonomy um, where they identify, you know, what are the types of products they sell. And then any retailer, you know, across these categories can can shop across all those product types. So it's not if you're a, you know, a kids and baby retailer, you're kind of sent into the kids and baby section alone. They can see see everything. And so it's really about the brands communicating clearly via the, the product tagging and things. This is what I have. And then that helps our algorithm get it in front of folks who might like that thing that you have. (laughs) Yeah, versus the brand being like, say it's a a beauty product, but a beauty product nowadays can also be a gifting product it could be a lots of other types it can be a beach product say it's like a beach beauty product i don't know <laughs> it was still set in the beauty product product category right it wouldn't also be discovered in the beach category if that's that right that's right um i will say that the taxonomy is getting with every day more i guess refined in in descriptive in what things are so our ability to get very sort of nuanced. I don't know if we have beach beauty as a particular category, no. <laughs> but never say never. It is actually that sort of thing that we you want to be able to articulate. And um, it's it's been fun to see actually how our category tree has evolved over time and just will continue to do so. Yeah. It's, all, it's all in that pursuit of trying to get the right thing in front of the right buyer. What I think is like, that is the benefit with the trade show. I'm just thinking how how these platforms like fair could introduce a potential buyer to something they would have never thought of you know when you walk a trade show sometimes you will walk down an aisle and you're in the gifting category and you will see a beauty brand or you will see a food brand but not in the food hall because you don't visit the food hall you will see it in the gifting hall and you go oh yeah I could stock that mm-hmm. whereas 
that making that into like turning that sort of thing into like a, an online thing that is so clever that it can do that is hard <laughs> so yeah it's you know it, what you it, say. it's both hard and in many ways easier right because those halls and those positionings are all rigid in a, in a mm. trade show environment and so they have to stay the same so if you and I go to the same show we walk down the same halls right yeah so in some ways I think of shopping on there as you know we're actually doing that same walk down the hall it's just that the, the your hall is different than my hall and the hall is actually dynamically adjusting based on what you stop and look at and what you pick up and what you linger on and is that to imagine it's it's much more you know it's it's tailored to you personally and so I think we very much are trying to achieve those same moments of serendipity of something that you just discovered that you didn't even know maybe you were looking for but that ends up being an amazing bestseller for your store uh we absolutely want those moments to happen I think what's exciting is that we we actually have the fluidity of of it being a, a digital canvas where we really tailor it to each individual buyer yeah I think that that is so interesting I mean for someone like me that don't really get the whole tech thing <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how it works but like if I've been thinking about something and then I get an ad for it on Instagram I'm like wow <laughs> <laughs> so I, I suppose it's interesting to see how those things develop in the future and I'm sure like the more buyer you you have and the more brands the more you learn from those that data the cleverer that will become exactly it it, it really can get smarter over time and um, folks purchase more on on fair we get a, a more rich understanding of who you are and the you know the store that you have and the things that will do well and so that ends up being really powerful as well and you know it's it's one of those things that we have a an incredibly talented team of data scientists who work on these problems and they're incredibly complex and the amazing thing is you know you come to the site and it's it's sort of invisible but there's all of this really, really powerful machine learning and, and going on in the background to make it so that you have a really fulfilling shopping experience. You know, it, mm. it's not by chance that we're driving a lot of order volume. <laughs> you know, it is no, like having, of course not. having that, but it, but it can be, yeah, it, 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 it isn't sort of front and center. It's just happening behind the scenes. You don't know why you saw this product that that you're so excited about, but you did, you know, yeah. <laughs> and behind the scenes, there's these super talented, you know, engineers and data scientists who are creating models to make that happen. It's, it's really, I'm like you, I, I, you know, don't have great depth of understanding of it, but huge respect and appreciation for Oh, me too. Folks. Like I find it fascinating. Yeah. It's great hearing how it, the system is learning. Mm -hmm. So I thought to wrap things up, I thought it'd be nice to do like, kind of like, I've never done this before. So I don't know how, how well I will do it. <laughs> but 
but just short questions and answers. Sounds great. So someone asked, how long does it take before you get a yes and a no once you apply, if you're a supplier or a brand? We currently do have a wait list across most categories. So um, Mm -hmm. we're often, you know, accepting maybe 20% of, of those applicants. We do try to get back to folks quickly to let them know if they're on that wait list. And then, of course, as the platform grows and we're confident we have the the demand there for that additional uh, supply, we invite folks on. But one thing I would say is in particular right now, especially in a moment where we're growing a market like the UK, I think that acceptance rate is probably much, much higher as we're looking to grow. So I would encourage folks to maybe apply now uh, because I'm sure those wait lists will eventually come to a market like the UK. But I think right now we're really excited to welcome new brands onto the platform. Brilliant. I suppose it does really depend on the category too because yeah. you're you know what your buyers are looking for and from what they're searching for I guess that's right and in terms of someone asked about the payment thing because before you've had to have a US not bank account but like one of those transfer wise things is that going to remain or are they going to be able to be paid in part like to their UK bank account at one stage I may need to follow up and get you the answer so that you could uh, share that with your with your questioner uh, to confirm. I want to make sure I'm giving you the latest and greatest on that. Yeah, of course. Um, you're opening a UK office, someone said to me. Yes, absolutely. Um, in in London, we have our first in- employees there. Is it already open? Uh, well, it, it, <laughs> no, in that we, we have employees. I suppose it's right locked <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's as open as our US offices are, which I'm <laughs> not right now. <laughs> so it's kind of there, but like not in physical form. Yeah, exactly. But you know, what's funny is with, you know, with things, with the business growing there so fast, you know, um, we have, I think, over a dozen who have been hired already and, and sort of uh, planning to hire dozens more. So in some ways, it, it will be a significant office when when we have the opportunity to, to send people into it. So we're really excited for that. That's so cool. Are you going to get to come and visit the UK, do you think? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Um, someone also asked, can we just kind of clarify what markets you are currently in? So you said, obviously, the UK and Netherlands, which are the two new ones. And then, of course, the US. But are you also in Canada? Yes, we are in Canada. And we have been for some time. So we have a, a really significant business there. We also have a very large office there and a lot of our team is based there. So um, Ah, strong roots in Canada. That's brilliant. I think throughout our conversation, I believe we covered all the questions. I just thought it'd be nice to get you top three tips on being successful on the platform. I know we discussed it a bit, but maybe the top three things you think a brand can do to be stand out. Yeah, I think one is just really applying that love and polish to how they present themselves on the platform, you know, really mm-hmm. taking care in, we talked about the product photography, but you have this space to tell your brand story, like really tell it, you know, <laughs> you, you, you have, you know, a beautiful 
beautiful header image. You know, it's a it's a great sort of landscape to really share the vibe and 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 what your what your brand represents. So we have a lot of various tools that you can make use of, and and really taking you know pride and ownership and full use of of everything that's available there. Like the you know video we touched on that's new. So not everybody is doing that yet, but you know uh, it's taking full advantage of of those uh, capabilities. So one is just really investing in that storefront. You know it's your it's your face to the buyer and and sort of treating it as such. I think another is using our didn't really touch on it much, but on the on the back end for brands, we have a ton of tools for really managing your business. And some mm-hmm. of them are really robust sort of sales and marketing and uh, CRM tools. So really using the platform as a way of engaging your customer base. So uh, we have a, this you know, an, an email tool that lets you drag and drop products and say, you know, new arrivals, here it is. And and what's beautiful about A, they're really easy to make. They're, you know, we have templates. Mm-hmm. You have all of your customer info that you can reach out to in 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 the system there. We give you analytics on, you know, open rate and click-through rate. So you get all this great intelligence about how those marketing messages are are performing for you. And it's just a really great way to maintain those close customer ties. And I think that mm. folks who have really take full advantage of those CRM capabilities in the platform are more successful because they end up building tighter relationships with the customers. The customers know when they have new products or promotions that they're running. And that helps further drive, you know, engagement and reorder. So I think that really robustly using those backend tools is probably the other biggest, you know, determinant. And then it, it also, it, it relates to engaging those existing customers that I mentioned, you yeah. know, at the top of sort of being able to, to serve them all at 0%. It also is then great because as those, uh, I guess, loyal buyers, you know, engage with your brand on FAIR, it also helps our platform learn what a great product line you have and, and what a good bestseller you, you know, you are. And you're able to engage your existing prior customers and the new ones you get in fair kind of all from one place. And so it really helps you streamline your, your business. So I think that that is definitely sort of the other the other one that I would prioritize as a as a brand to be successful. And honestly, I think those are probably I could I could think of a third, but I almost don't want to give a third. No. <laughs> those two are so um, so prominent uh, that, that I, would, I would just underscore those. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do think it's, you know, we talked, touched on like owning that relationship and, and engaging with your customer that goes for any sales. So you have to take that advantage, I think. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it becomes that impersonal relationship that some people are maybe a little bit worried about going on a platform like this for use those messaging services and that sort of thing. So it's not that. Yeah, yeah. We just want to make doing those things easier and more streamlined, you know, and we want to we want to take away the parts of the work that are less fulfilling, you know, we so we we take away the calling and asking for the credit card number because the first one, you know, like we yeah. we take away collections and stuff and you know and, and try and uh 
make that part of your life just, you know, easier and go away. And then we try and make these things that are still really integral of sort of engaging uh, your, your customers. We just try and make it easier to do, you know, we try and make Mm. it so that, that, that email, it's super easy to put together and to pull in your products. And when it gets to the customer, it's really easy to drop them into where they can transact and make that purchase. So, you know, we try and make it so that less of the things that are just truly draining. And then for the things that are value add, can we make them easier and faster and more streamlined for your team? That's brilliant. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much. Likewise. It's been such a pleasure. You're really, um, I'm going to have to get myself on that that list of people who are raising their hand to to come and visit our London operations. <laughs> this is yeah. Really made me want to go even more. <laughs> well, I think it, I mean, have you ever been to London before? I have, but in, it's been far too long. So, uh, ah, I would you love should definitely. But do it in the summer <laughs> or like spring, summer. Do not come in the winter. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's cold (laughs) yeah I will try and avoid that for sure (laughs) I'm a I'm a native of California and I spent some time in Chicago and New York and so I've known harsh cold and I have decided it is it is not for me (laughs) yeah but it's also more rainy here (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) but yeah definitely you need it should come I think it would be really exciting to see absolutely also to see you know how our shops are not different but uh, slightly different I suppose like the kind of shops that we have here that would buy on the platform absolutely it's been so fun getting to know our the UK brands on the platform as well as some of the the retailers and just you know getting to know high street more more personally through our customers it really we we love getting to know our customers and yeah it, it it makes us want nothing more than to be able to go go visit them all in person in fact we oftentimes for the holidays and things fair employees will come back and share the various fair retailers that they visited in their hometown or where they're you know going to visit that. their in-laws and they'll say check out this store that I that I stopped by and it's just so it's so fun that we can get to know our customers so personally um and they really they really inspire the work we do and so it's just so lovely that we can have that opportunity to go see them in person yeah and it makes like shopping small and finding those independent retailers so much easier too Mm -hmm. which is lovely and um, although it is quite difficult when you know a lot of them to not spend a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) this is true (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is absolutely true. Also, knowing all of our all of our brands, I agonize over gift giving now just because I feel like I have such an an abundance of of brands that I know and love that I want to share with my course, friends. Yeah. <laughs> Your expectations are high now exactly. when you know all these exactly. brands. I mean, I'm in the biz, so I, I I definitely need to be gifting well. <laughs> yeah, I do feel that my wish list though for Christmas has gotten very much better in the last few years it's very long nowadays 
Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, I guess we should finish with if if a UK brand or any brand, and we do have listeners from other places too, are interested to get involved. Is it, do they just go to fair.com and apply? Yeah, they can just go to, to fair.com and um, we'll get them to the right, the right place. And there's, whether they're a, a retailer or a brand, we'll get them headed down the right path. So, and we would love to have them. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, I hope that you will have a lovely day. You're starting yours. I'm coming to end of my working day. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me today. It was really so lovely chatting with you. And yeah, and, and enjoy your, your puppy visit. I am feeling a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the podcast and sharing all your knowledge and tips with us. It was really lovely to chat with you. And um, thank you so much for taking so much time to chat with us. If you need help with your wholesale, I run courses and I offer one-to-one mentoring uh, over three and six months to help you start and grow your wholesale. You can find out all about it over on my website, which is smallbusinesscollaborative.co.uk. UK and of course give me a follow over on Instagram which is at small underscore business underscore collaborative and come and join my free Facebook group called Let's Talk Shop. Just search for it or find the link over on my website or in the show notes. So thank you very very much for listening and I will be back next week with another episode.